you fired it first shot! Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. Welcome to the Superbook Sports Podcast. 180! Hosted by career Las Vegas odds makers Jay Cornegay and John Murray. Featuring comedian Brant Tobler. The best way to ignore the noise is to be the noise. A production of GreenRollMedia.com. The world's premier sports betting podcast network. Rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Mahomes has to get rid of the ball. Finds Kelsey. And presented by the world-famous Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com to get in the action with better odds, favorable prices, and an expansive betting menu. Now live in Nevada, Colorado, and New Jersey. Sign up today at Superbook.com. Superbook.com. You've waited all week, and kickoff is here. Here we go! Let's jump behind the counter at the Superbook with Jay Cornegay and John Murray to grab the edge that you need ahead of this weekend's NFL action. That's what makes the NFL the NFL. You don't know any given Sunday. Here's your MC, Brant Tobler. Here we go again. It's time for another episode of the Superbook Sports Podcast. The line starts here. As always, I am your host, Brant Tobler, and I am joined by my two favorite bookmakers in the world, my buddies out in Vegas, Jay Cornegay and John Murray. Boys, how we doing today? Good, Brent. We're through the bowl season, so we're happy about that. Well, yeah, you know what, Jay? We'll start just with that. I heard this bowl season was rough for you guys with the COVIDs and the opt-outs and these, these just boring blowout games. How, how bad was it? You know, I talked to a few other operators, and, and the results were, I guess they, they varied across the industry, but I'd say a majority of them had a rough time with it because of the COVID issues, the, the opt-outs, and even though these lines were adjusted, in, in some cases dramatically, like double figures, uh, they still played that side and played against the team that was shorthanded and more times than not, you know, they were at the cashing window. So it was, um, it was pretty tough for us. Uh, one of the toughest bowl seasons we've ever had. Actually, it was uh, probably one of the, I would go out and say that this was the worst college football season ever for us. We just did oh. not uh, perform well. We, we were on the short end uh, throughout the entire season, and it was certainly capped off by an ugly bowl season. Wow, the worst of all time. John, was there any certain game? I, I figured this – was this Kansas State game bad for you? I saw that line keep moving, and it just yeah. felt like people didn't care. Well, that one was annoying because we all knew that LSU had, like, no players, and LSU probably should not have played in that game. And people just kept betting Kansas State. We moved the number like crazy. Couldn't get people to buy off of take LSU. And obviously Kansas State crushed them. And, and, and that, was, that game was kind of a microcosm of the bowl season in general. Where you, had yeah, that, all, yeah. you, you knew these teams weren't really playing. They weren't really trying. Virginia Tech against Maryland in the pinstripe bowl is another example like that. Where they just had all these guys out. And the line kept moving. And people kept betting it. And we just took it on the chin. It was tough, Jay. I mean, it was tough. Yeah. I mean, we had to... We had to fire a bunch of guys, Brant, uh, <laughs> to make them the scapegoats. Um, but uh, it was it was tough. It's not it's easy right. to sit in this chair, man. You brought up a really valid point, and there was it was simply there, there was simply no buyback. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all one sided action, and uh, even the the sharps that even saw perceived value maybe on on the the short handed team just wasn't going out on that limb and, and taking those points. Uh, so, 
it was a uh, very lopsided action, and it's not something that we like to see. But uh, again, the results were just ugly throughout the the bowl season. Well, good news is we only got one more bowl game left, so and hopefully that'll be good. But we'll get to that one uh, in a little bit. I want to go to the NFL real quick, uh, John. I know you guys really needed the Bengals to not win the division, and of course they did. Uh, with this new Week 18, is there are all the futures for the regular season pretty much done, or do you guys have some big sweats this week? No, we, we still have a lot. Uh, we still have a lot on the line this week. To tell you the truth, there's still quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of decisions we'll be tracking. The Bengals one you mentioned was, was probably the most significant one, but we we definitely want to see Pittsburgh win another game. We need Pittsburgh to win one more game to go over their win total. We'd really like to see the the uh, Rams not win the NFC West. So we'll be rooting for the Rams to lose and the Cardinals to win so that Arizona can win the division. And then the other thing there is we need San Francisco to make the playoffs. San Francisco needs to win that game to make the playoffs so they could win and make the playoffs and knock the Rams out of winning the division. So we would win twice on that game. Uh, and there, there's several more decisions like that that we have pending going into this weekend. So when you, when you come to the last weekend of the NFL regular season, you're not only looking at your game decisions. You're looking at season-long decisions that you've been building all year, and you're grading all that on Sunday as well. So there's a lot to keep track of. That's why they need, they need somebody like me that can keep it all in his mind, Brand. Somebody yeah. of this, this intellect level to keep track of all this stuff. That's why I always defer to John and say, hey, John, can you send that email to the senior execs tell them, telling them who yeah. we need? Yeah, because uh, it, it's like yes, it's yes and no pretty much throughout the schedule. So – um, again, you know, we have, we'll have a lot of action on week 18. I, I believe that, uh, especially since everyone has done so well over the last few weeks, uh, the pockets are full and, and they'll be firing away and, and, uh, we're just uh, keeping an eye on that COVID uh, hotline as, uh, you know, those, uh, <laughs> those, uh, reports come out and, and, uh, next thing you know, you're starting to get some, some pretty big play on, on those, uh, teams playing shorthanded, uh, Jay. Jay, you like to send the emails to the senior execs about how great we're going to do. And then <laughs> Jay, Jay will like to, hey, John, why don't you give him a warning about what's going on with the Bengals? Sure, I'd be happy to. So <laughs> yeah. he's, uh, he's, he's, he's pretty smart about that. Jay's got this rank. figured out. It, this isn't Jay's first rodeo. He's, <laughs> he's been doing it a while. <laughs> um, Jay, just real quick on this. Week 18, I assume, is just an extra week of gambling, always good for the bookmakers. Is this something at the beginning of the season you thought this last week would be maybe the games would be more meaningful or it kind of feels like this last week there's not a lot on the line, which I think they they probably assumed maybe these games would be better games towards the end. Is that something you guys thought would happen or is this new new water for everybody? No, I think this is very typical last week of the NFL. We're, we're always uh, monitoring the airwaves to see who's going to be playing, who's going to be resting. If they are going to play, how long are they going to play? I think a lot of them take that fake approach, like, oh, yes, we really care about this game. We're out there to win. The next thing you know, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are on the sideline, <laughs> right? But they're saying all the right things. I think maybe, uh, maybe the league uh, asked them to. Uh, be positive going into the last week, but uh, it's something that we certainly monitor uh, a little closer this last week than we do other weeks. 
All right. Well, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to try to be positive going into these games here. We'll go over these games like they matter, but it, it feels like a week maybe just to stay away because, like you said, you never know what's going on. But we'll start with these Saturday games. Uh, I always love having Saturday football, so I can't complain about that. We'll start with this first game, the Cowboys, four and a half, total 43 and a half at the Eagles. I think this game might just be more for seeding, right, Jay? Is this game going to – be one that I would assume a Cowboys Eagles game would usually get a lot of action. Are you anticipating this to, to be a big action game on a Saturday night? I, it's tough to say. I, I think it's going to get moderate play, uh, but this line is, or this game, this line has been a nightmare for us. And we opened one and a half, and you said, yes, we're at four and a half, but it got as high as seven and seven and a half at some other places. As you know, Dallas announced uh, halfway through the week that they are going to play their starters and, and they're going to play them either for the whole game or for most most of the game. Eagles have come out and said yes, they're they're going to rest up some of their players. However, I think the Cowboys came down with some COVID issues uh, just a couple of days ago, so all those sevens disappeared, and that's why we're at four and a half. So this is uh, it's kind of been a, a, a nightmarish type of game for us booking it. Uh, but I expect a moderate action on it. Uh-huh. So, John, with the, what, what Jay was saying right there, that how the line's been all over, at this yeah. point, are you just rooting for like a blowout one way or the other so you, that, that game doesn't find its way between one and a half and seven, the, the big stretch well, we, you've been in? We've taken most of the money on Philadelphia. Now, obviously, a lot can change between now and tomorrow night. But yeah, we're, we're, of course, we're always hoping that we don't get middled on a game like this, but Right now, we, we have a pretty solid need on Dallas because we took some big bets on the Eagles. Every game is a little different like that. But, yeah, in general, of course, if, if the number moves by seven points because of all these players not playing, the worst-case scenario is usually going to be for the game to end up in the middle and people on both sides winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a tough day to gamble. Uh, let's just uh, let's go to the second game. I'm just I'm I'm excited about this game because it means this awful Broncos season can finally come to an end, and uh, we can hopefully make some changes. Jr. Broncos have been awful this whole year. This looks like just a meaningless game, and it still obviously matters for the Chiefs. There's still a chance they can get the one seed. Currently, it looks like Chiefs are eleven and a half. Total 45. What are you hearing on this game? I heard a couple Bronco cornerbacks are out, and it, it looks like the Chiefs are definitely going to try to win or they need to win this game, right? Oh, yeah, the Chiefs will go after it. Uh, very interesting game when we open this. But uh, uh, let's see, going back to December 28th, the look-ahead line, the Chiefs were three. And as we uh, progressed over the last couple weeks, now we uh, open this at uh, 11 on Sunday. It got as high as 11 and a half as uh, what you said was true, Brent. We got a couple of uh, issues on the Broncos side. And I know part of that was Bridgewater wasn't coming back. So it's kind of been trickling up and you start to see some 11 and a halfs out there. But um, it's one side that needs this game. The other side is playing for some pride. Uh, I'm not sure if the Chiefs are, are really into uh, running this thing up. Uh, and keeping their starters out uh, too long, but they certainly are going to play to win this game where the Broncos have nothing to play for but their pride, and, and I'm, I'm not sure how much that's worth. Yeah, it's not worth anything. Uh, John, so the, part of bookmaking this week is so at, at some point if the Chiefs get a big lead in this game or get out to a lead, then will you adjust the Titans line 
are you like part of bookmaking? I imagine this week is kind of how this game goes will affect the other games. Will you see like if I was sharp, which we all know I'm not, I should be maybe middle of that Chiefs game if they're winning or losing would affect that Titans line, right? Well, I think it's I think it's Kansas City has to win to stay alive for the one seed, but mm-hmm. but uh, Tennessee would still have to win their game. Now, if Kansas City were to lose the game, I don't know that that might. I think Tennessee's situation might be the same. I don't know if they'd clinch home field just like that, or if they would still need to win because you also have teams like the Bengals, the Bills, the Patriots all at ten and six. So I'm not sure. I know they beat the Bills, so they'd have the tiebreaker there. But I, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. Would we have to adjust the line if Kansas City lost? Uh, we'd have to take a look at that if Denver gets out to a big lead. Yeah, yeah. we'll we'll definitely take a look at that. And, and depending the scenario, that line for that Tennessee game could change dramatically. Uh, I I don't think any of us really played that through our minds. What if the Chiefs lost? It was like, oh, yeah. wait a minute, what? So we were yeah. thinking, yeah, the Chiefs, you know, I'm not worried about the spread, but if the Chiefs win, obviously the it stays the same for Tennessee. I, I think you could see uh, uh, that Tennessee line trickle up just a tad if they if there was extra, um, you know, pressure for them to win that game um, pending the uh, Chiefs' result. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking bookmaking this week is uh... – you know, because there is stuff like the I, there's all these crazy scenarios we don't have to get into where like the Raiders and Chargers could tie and stuff. So I just I was just fascinated. I figured it's just a, a, a really kind of different week than usual this week. But we'll we'll go right into the Sunday games. And since we're talking about it, we might as well go to this Titans game again. I guess this Titans game really does matter for them to get the one seed. But who knows if people want to cover? It looks like currently Titans are ten, and I think the total's down to forty two and a half. Again, Jay, is this just a game? You know the Titans need to win, but at what point does the number just get too high, or is that even something you guys think you're even thinking about? No, I can see the action, especially on the recreational side, that uh, obviously most of the tickets are, are going to be on the Titans, so that's just going to push it up a little bit. We opened 9.5. It's now 10. Is 10.5 or 11 out of the question? Absolutely not. But what's interesting about this game is all the money that's coming in on the Texans' money line due to people using the Titans in their survivor pool. Oh, <laughs> and we've wow. taken some pretty large wagers on, on the Texans at plus 425. And, you know, I was in a survivor pool, and I remember looking at it the last couple of weeks here, and I, I kind of slotted the the Titans this last week is, you know, all the other key teams were already used up and uh, that's playing out. So a very uh, important game for a lot of people that are in those survivor pools as uh, the Titans is one of the last remaining options for them. Wow. That's, that's what I love about talking to you guys this week. So you, I mean, there's bets like that coming in, John, that maybe a big bet that's not sharp. It's just it has to do with someone's stupid office pool. Um, yeah, I tell you what, though, the Texans. We had a guy yesterday asked if he could wire in $40,000 and bet it on Texans' money line because he was protecting his survivor pool. I mean, he was very <laughs> open about what he was doing. So uh, we, said sh- we said sure. We, 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 he wired in the money, and he, he, got, he bet $40,000 on, on the Texans at plus 425. So, yeah, right now, of course, we're rooting for – the Titans, I mean, there's going to be a lot of money bet in the next 48 hours, but that's a that's a pretty significant bet for a game like that. 
and uh, the guy could win you know, 170000 or something like that. Yeah, that uh, that is a game that we're going to need maybe the Titans to win but not cover. Not cover? Jay, yeah, that's interesting. Plenty of room. I, in your years of doing this, I, I bet it's changed so much that, I mean, a decade ago, you probably would, there's probably fantasy stuff and survivor pool stuff and bets like this that are coming in. This has all got to kind of be new, right? Just another element of bookmaking. I think it's really picked up over the last couple of years um, as uh, survivor pools and obviously the expansion uh, sports gambling uh, throughout that uh, you know have a lot of these different types of contests that are out there that uh, put these uh, you know guests and players in certain positions and they're hedging and they're doing the right thing. That's what I would do. Uh, I would certainly, if I was alive in, in a uh, survivor pool, uh, I would be looking at my options and probably hedging uh, those funds to pretty much guarantee uh, myself a profit. So it's uh, it, it's probably something we didn't see 10, 15 years ago, but certainly uh, it's been uh, something that's been pop, popping up over the last two or three years. Yeah, this gambling has just grown and grown. It's awesome. Uh, awesome for all of us. Uh, let's get to – there's two games Sunday that actually I think kind of matter. We'll start with this first game. Uh, the Niners and Rams, and you touched on it. I think John touched on it. You guys need the Niners to get in the playoffs. Uh, line's currently four and a half, total 44 and a half. Uh, Jay, is this, is this game seeing a lot of action, or are you guys just going to be really concentrating? You just obviously need the Niners to win this game to hopefully get to the playoffs. Yeah, we opened six and a half here, Brand, and it's down to four and a half. As looking at the ticket count, 91% of the tickets are on the Niners, surprisingly. Uh, they're they're supporting. Uh, I, I think the Rams have kind of fallen out of the public eye a bit, and they kind of been uh, struggling. Struggling. Um, Stafford's been awful in the first half uh, of the last few games, and, and so the Rams have really fallen out. And the Forty Nine ers seem to be a popular pick over the last couple of weeks as they kind of got their power game going. Uh, they they seem to be running the ball. Uh, fairly decently that uh, uh, has gained some eyes of the recreational player. I would expect, though, uh, be just because the Rams are perceived to be the better team, that that ticket count is going to level out by the time we get to game time. Yeah. They'll, they'll always come find the favorites. I, I know that by, uh, <laughs> by doing it my whole life. John, this game, you know, I was looking at this game. I want to ask you about props for a second. I don't really know if I will have a side on this game, but, like, are you guys handling the props different this week? With I know, like Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, I think needs like a certain amount of catches and yards, and there's some bonuses out there for players. Is this a week where you guys book the props a little different? Well, I think we've been booking the props different all all the last two years because with all this COVID stuff, we never know. We, we, we're putting the props up a lot later in the week because. We don't know if this receiver is going to be held out. He's in health and safety protocols, and now we got to adjust all the other receivers and adjust the quarterback. So we, we, definitely, we definitely delay putting the prop numbers out more than ever before. And, yeah, we would keep an eye on something like players earning bonuses for contracts. Ed Sammons does an excellent job of staying on top of all those things and all those different scenarios, but – we, the prop market is way different. I mean, when I first started working here, we would do the NFL props for Sunday every Tuesday afternoon. And we just you just can't do that anymore because nowadays, you on Tuesday afternoon, you don't know who's going to play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I was looking at some stuff. I, I was curious about that because I saw, like, Gronk needs, like, 
six catches for a million and Diggs needs seven. So, it, it, but then it's always the star players. So some of these guys might just sit out. So it's just such an interesting game, a week of gambling. But that, that'll take us to this last game, which we know matters. And I, I think is really the only true game on the board for me if I, if I was trying to bet. And that's the Chargers are heading out to Vegas currently three and 49 and a half. Jay, is this like you'll book this as just like any other week, right? This game definitely matters. Oh, yeah, this is going to be an interesting game, especially here for the locals. Um, this game is about as dead even as you can get. We opened two and a half, and it quickly went to three on the Chargers. But since then, it's just been great two-way action. Um, it, it's about as even as you can get. And I expect that to go all the way to uh, kickoff here. The, the one thing I was kind of noticed, uh, I, we haven't seen any sharp action on this. It's all been public play, and I don't see uh, the sharps really get involved unless there's some type of COVID issue you know, leading into game time. But other than that, uh, kind of a bookmaker's dream, as we're seeing a very, uh, very solid balanced action on it. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it should be a good game. John, with the, the home team being the Raiders out there, as far as future-wise, does this is this Raiders game have any big future swings, or is this just going to be a, a, a Sunday night game to watch? No, one of the one of the things we would lose on is the Raiders making the playoffs. That was a very popular. I don't remember exactly what the price on that was, but that was a very popular. Uh, we do the NFL playoff yes/no props, and so you can bet on every team in the NFL yes or no to make it to the postseason. And the Raiders was. As you'd probably expect, one of the more popular options we had. So we, we don't want them, financially, we don't really want them to make it. But if they do make it, then the Raiders would have a playoff game, which I think would be really good for business. Uh, would, the game would not be in Las Vegas, but it'd be good for Handel the following week to have the Raiders in the playoffs. We had the Raiders to make the playoffs at about plus 330 oh, before wow. the season. We took a lot of bets on the yes, so we would lose on that. But... but our, our decision will be more about the game itself because even if we do lose that Raiders uh, yes playoff bet, I think we'll get some of that money back. This episode of the Superbook Sports Podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped is the global leader in men's below-the-waist grooming. Clean yourself into the new year with their brand-new ultra-clean body wash. Get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping today at manscaped.com with the promo code SUPERBOOK20. Support the Superbook Sports Podcast to this new year and get 20% off site-wide plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code SUPERBOOK20. Let's get an update on the ultimate football handicapping challenge. Hey guys, what's shaking in your super contest this week? We are at the end, the final week, week 18 of the super contest. Uh, Jay, I know, well, the Super Contest Gold, I was looking at the standings, looks like a guy's got a big lead in that, and then in the regular Super Contest, looks like it's going to be tight here in this last week. Yeah, this guy, I haven't seen this yet uh, since we've been uh, running the gold, but uh, he has clinched the gold top prize. There was 87 contestants in the gold, which is a $5,000 entry fee, winner take all. So the winner there, or this guy right here, Calabasas Wise Guy is the name of the contestant. He's at 58 points. There's a couple of guys behind him at 51.5, so they have no chance of catching him. He's uh, going to win 435,000. Uh, so, uh, Calabasas Wise Guy, congrats to you. 
the Super Contest is a little different. Uh, it's up for grabs as we have uh, a few people uh, in the running there. We got two uh, contestants at 58 points, uh, one at 57 and a half, and a couple at 57. So uh, that uh, that money is all up in the air. The winner gets 40% of the pot. That's 335800 And uh, we do pay out the top 30. We also have the six-week contest ending and another three-week contest. So with all those uh, in-week or, in, excuse me, in-season contests, you know, uh, which has been very, very popular, by the way, uh, this year, uh, that's why you're seeing, uh, you know, the, the money really dispersed uh, out throughout the season. And that's why you're seeing 335800 for this year's winner of the Super Contest. You're going to be writing some big checks come next week. Um, Jay, real quick. On, so are these guys that are close to the top here, they don't – there's no way to see what your opponent, like, uh, picked, right? These are all blind. There's no way to know, you know, where you could hedge or anything, right? These guys all just have to put in their picks and then – uh, they'll just find out how it ends up on Sunday? Well, actually, they do get to see each other's picks after the deadline. So once the selection oh. deadline passes, we post it. We post everyone. It doesn't matter if you're first place or last place. Uh, we post uh, everyone's picks for everyone to see. And so if you uh, are in contention, you certainly could take a look at that, look at the scenarios, and there is possibly a chance that you could hedge in a way to guarantee yourself some money. Well, that's awesome. The best contest there is. Well, hopefully uh, we'll give an update next week and maybe we can get one of these winners to come on and, and tell us, or at least tell me how they did it because uh, I am nowhere near the top. I don't I don't even know what happened to me in I, there. I agree with you. I think the Calabasas wise guy clinching, you know, uh, a week early is, is really incredible. That's a, that's a great season. And uh, I believe impressive. he's from California. And uh, uh, I'm certainly going to reach out to him and see if he'd like to join us. That'd be awesome. Well, you guys ran a great contest as always. We'll we'll give an update next week and see if we maybe we get one of these guys on and uh, and 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 get some of their strategy because this guy to, to blow everybody out like that is pretty impressive. It's time for the big ticket. Hey, John, any tickets make you do a double take this week at the Superbook? I'm sure we had some big tickets this week. Everybody got a little extra money in their stocking from Grandma, probably. So, John. I imagine this is a week full of big tickets. You got anything big for me? How much money was your grandma giving you that it would be uh, <laughs> like you could apply it to a big ticket? Well, uh, only uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know where these guys got their money, honestly. But we did. We've had some really big bets come in on the national championship game. We opened the betting on that game during the Georgia-Michigan game during the Orange Bowl. We realized that Georgia was going to win the Orange Bowl and it was going to be Georgia-Alabama. We opened Georgia minus one. And immediately we had some sharp players laying the points with Georgia, pushing the number up. And then we had a guy come in and bet uh, Alabama plus 125 for 187,000 and change. Uh, we, we ended up going. We ended up going against that number, going all the way up to Georgia minus three. And we were there most of the week. We had a guy come in. I want to say Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. He bet 145,000 on Georgia minus 150. So that really puts you in a good position when you've got a big bet at minus 150, another big bet at plus 125. That, that's very ideal for you as a bookmaker. And we were at Georgia 3 for several days after that bet until this morning. We just we saw a flood of bets come in on Alabama. They were taking Alabama plus 130, plus 125. 
We had one of our really respected players bet 20,000 on Alabama plus three minus 110, and we went down to two and a half. So tons wow. of money, tons of big bets coming in on both sides of this game. Still a long way to go, too. We still have yeah. several days for this game. Most of the money is still to come. One sharp bet to report. We did have a very respected player take over 52. That bet came in last night. Now we're at 52.5 on the total. So sharp money early on Georgia. Came in last night on the over. And then sharp money came in this morning on Alabama at plus three. So keep in mind, these, these sharp guys that were playing Georgia, they were doing it at minus one, minus one and a half. And these sharp Alabama bets came in at plus three, not at plus two and a half. That's a very mm-hmm. important distinction. When you, when you hear about what the sharp guys did, if they took three and you take two and a half, well, you didn't do the same thing that that player did. Yeah, this is definitely a big difference. Well, yeah, that was going to be my what else segment today, so we might as well just get into this championship game. Uh, I, I, you know what? I was looking at the line before we started the podcast, and it was three, so the fact that it just went down two and a half, 52. Jay, this is a... Uh, like John said, this is a game you probably still don't know where you're at because there's still going to be a ton of betting. And I assume Monday, that's when the heavy action will come in on this game since there's no other Monday night football. Or I think there's nothing else going on on that Monday night, right? Don't they not play even basketball on Monday night? Is that right? Yeah, I'm not sure. I know it's a real light, light schedule and they give the mm-hmm. spotlight to the championship game, which you know, actually I was really happy to hear that uh, Las Vegas was selected to host the championship game in 2025. So we're really excited about that. But what John was saying, that activity of all those threes, when we started taping and recording the show, Georgia was favored by three. Uh, Right now, the market is clearly all two and a halves. So all that activity just happened just as we were recording the show. Uh, keep in mind, and, and, and John summarized all the different bets and the movement, but we also had a lot of bigger wagers on Georgia to win the championship at the beginning of the season. We took yeah. 16500 at 8-1 to one on Georgia, another 5000 at 8-1. to one. So the future book is pretty lopsided there, but the game has been going back and forth as we have been updating our, our senior management because uh, there's a lot of interest in it and asking us one day we need Georgia, the next day we need Alabama. I told them to check in on on Monday afternoon and we'll give them the, the final update. But a lot of activity, not, you know, I was quoted the other day saying that it's very comparable to a Super Bowl. I'm not talking about the, the volume of tickets, but the big wagers seem like Super Bowl-like. And mm-hmm. I thought that uh, there was a chance that uh, the betters would have, you know, SEC fatigue going into this game, that it wouldn't be that attractive, but it really is, especially among some of the bigger players out there. Mm-hmm. So, Jay, with the futures and stuff, I mean, I find it crazy just because Alabama's been so dominant. So there's a pretty good chance you guys are going to need Alabama on Monday night, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, we don't say that too often. Yeah, um, John, I, uh, I, I'm not betting this game because uh, our buddy Rex came on here and promised me Cincinnati was going to beat Alabama, so I don't oh, know yeah. why I followed that and, and bet all the money my grandma gave me. But uh, what do you- I, hope, I hope your grandma doesn't hear that because then she's not – if I were your grandma and I heard that, I wouldn't give you anything next Christmas. Well, I, it might cut into my Easter money, but we'll find out. Uh, uh, how besides Rex, he's been he, we we canceled his college football opinion. Right. What do you, what do you guys in house there think? Is there are you guys leaning to a side here? Or is this just a game you're going to get 
you know, action both ways and just play out hopefully a good game to watch? Or what are you guys thinking? Well, it's funny because if we started recording the show a little earlier, I, I would have said that all we're seeing is sharp players on Georgia, public players on Alabama money line, and, and just a lot of our really respected accounts are on the favorite in this game. And, and that I think that it makes sense because Georgia's been considered the best team all year, and they were a big favorite in the SEC title game, and it was it was kind of a cheap number to lay. But then just in the last 15, 20 minutes, seeing all these sharp guys betting Alabama plus three, so it, it does make you reevaluate some things a little bit. But but I, I do think Georgia's the better team. Uh, I'm not going to go – I'm not going to have the same conviction as Rex, but uh, – <laughs> I, I do think Georgia is better than Alabama. Alabama, is, they came into the season a young team, and they, they, they've kind of been ahead of schedule being in this game. And I, I do think Georgia, everything is there for Georgia to take. They've got the veteran team. They should win this game. But will Kirby Smart be able to get it done against his old boss? I don't know. But uh, I would say I would lean to Georgia, and I, I did mention we saw a sharp bet on the over do with that information what you will but the public side is definitely going to be Alabama money line the public is very happy to bet on Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide at a plus money so I, I do think we'll end up needing Georgia by Monday night but but we, Jay mentioned those future bets you've got to factor those in and there's just so much money that's still to come we still have a long long way to go before that game yeah. starts yeah, Jay, I was just going to say it would probably go with the theme we've said the last four or five weeks here. You, you might, If you're betting this game, you probably want to wait till maybe Monday night because with COVID and opt-outs and coaches getting hired and stuff, I imagine this, this is a game you, you probably want to wait closer to post to, to get all the information and, and make your best calculation, right? Well, on the sidebar, just a little while ago, we were talking about how that you know we're seeing that Alabama money come in. We're like, oh, okay, Georgia must be first in line in the COVID testing. <laughs> 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 yeah. Alabama's right behind them, so we'll see what this uh, equals well, if, out here a little bit. But if, uh, yeah, if, is, it, what's that, John? Jay, if, if none of these guys test positive for COVID in the next seventy-two hours, I think we know what that means. I think we know how they managed to do that because I, 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 it's hard to believe. I mean, both these teams must have a traveling group in excess of 100 people going to Indianapolis for this game and way over 100 people, right? Oh, yeah, Some, wait, hundreds, somebody, hundreds of people. Yeah, yeah. somebody has COVID. Yeah. So yeah. If, they, if no one comes back with a positive test, I think you can probably figure out how they managed to do that. Hmm. I'd like to have a few of those tests. But looking at the betting patterns on this game, which is fantastic, by the way, but John's exactly right. It's kind of like Super Bowl. You get a very equal action on the point spread. You obviously have more tickets on the over. And on the money line, it's all under on the underdog. So it's very similar to what we see for a Super Bowl. And I expect a lot of money come in late as – as uh, you mentioned, Brandt, uh, and that's what I would probably do, just to make sure that we have all the players uh, in place for this game. It is kind of interesting that you see all these COVID issues on the basketball court, on the football field, all throughout the college ranks. And this one, we haven't seen one, so it's pretty interesting. You know what? It's eye black. If you wear eye black, you won't get COVID. That's what's why the basketball players, volleyball, they're getting it. They need to wear that some makes eye sense. black. That, makes, that um, sounds like right. science. That sounds like science to me, Brent. <laughs> First of all, never get sense. your science from a comedian. That, that's all the internet says. Oh, real quick, I want to touch on Arizona. The Arizona app 
last week, one of the bonuses hit, I thought, I think I saw posted and I have a couple, most of my family's down there and they love the new app. So just real quick, Jay, the, how was opening couple weeks of the Arizona app doing? That's fantastic. We opened uh, December 10th and we, we uh, had to deal uh, with some of the events that uh, COVID events down there that we had to adjust, but uh, now we're in, in full stride and hoping, hoping that, uh, you know, the sports schedule down there allows us to do some more uh, promo events, but uh, Arizona has been fantastic. We're obviously very excited to be down there as they're one of our neighbors here and uh, a lot of us or a lot of the citizens down there are very familiar with the Superbook brand. So, we're uh, happy to be down and operating in Arizona. It's awesome. Let's just keep growing. We get it in every state. Uh, okay. Well, that'll do it for this week. I know you guys got to get back to work, especially I swear these guys, these sharps, know when we're recording. They sneak in there and try to sneak it by you. But I know Ed and Rex are on it. So, uh, guys, I'm excited for next week. We'll, we'll, we'll go over the Super Contest. We'll talk about this game. And we have real games starting next week. So I will see you guys next week, John and Jay. All right, Brent. Have a good one. Take care, Brent. All right, that'll do it for this week. As always, if you are anywhere near the Vegas area, come to the Superbook and hang out and watch the game. I will be actually at the Lodge Casino this Sunday watching games out in Blackhawk. So if you're there, come have a beer with me. We'll yell at the screens, have a good time. And uh, if you're enjoying the show, please do us a favor. Rate the show, like, uh, give it five stars, leave a comment. That helps all the stupid analytics in this crazy podcast world is uh, we just want to keep this podcast growing and keep getting bigger and bigger. So we thank you guys all so much for listening. So please do that. And also you can follow us on all social at Superbook Sports or go to Superbook.com. And uh, it's getting good. So we'll talk to you guys next week when we have serious football games and we're heading towards the Super Bowl. So I think it's just going to get better and better. So we will talk to you guys next week. Been locked into the Superbook Sports Podcast. You get a win. You get a win. Featuring Jay Cornegay, John Murray, and Brant Tobler. I need some more of that. Come on. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on weekly behind the counter access to the world of the NFL. Hey, you thought you were going to give me, huh? Hell no. Want the best sports betting podcast on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well renowned sports books in Las Vegas. Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com, home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network. This episode of the Superbook Sports Podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped is the global leader in men's below-the-waist grooming. Clean yourself into the new year with their brand-new ultra-clean body wash. Get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping today at manscaped.com with the promo code SUPERBOOK20. Support the Superbook Sports Podcast this new year and get 20% off site-wide plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code SUPERBOOK20. 20, 20, 20.